Hi, this is Kirk Reed. Bear with me as we need a little compliance disclosure. In our practice, we give financial advice to our clients. We know their financial situation in detail before doing so. That's generally not the case with callers we speak with on the show. We can't give truly meaningful financial advice because we don't know the detailed financial situation of the caller. After all, we just met. Any suggestions we make to callers are generic in nature and meant to steer a caller in the right direction. Callers should check with their own financial professionals before implementing any suggestions that we may make. At times on this show, we talk about investments and investment performance. Investment returns are not guaranteed, and past performance does not guarantee future results. You're listening to McNamara on Money. Uh, my name is Kirk Reed, uh, joined this morning by Mike McNamara. Love that tune, by the way. I, yeah. <laughs> that's, what is that? The, the Can I call that a tune? I don't think, I don't know. <laughs> no, probably not. Yes. Okay. Yeah, it is. It that's is. that's Fifth of Beethoven. I know. I, I didn't know if I'd be insulting him if I called that a tune, but the, uh, I love that tune. The stylized <laughs> version, I would call yes. it. Yes. Um, uh, Walter Murphy was the conductor for that. For that one? Yes. Okay. But that's yeah. been around for... Long time. Oh, yeah. Since yeah. Beethoven. <laughs> no, no, not quite that long, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, maybe we should do. Yeah, we could do another remix. Do you know how to? Can you do remixes, Tim? Do you know how to? I, uh, no, no. We drop a couple beats in there, maybe. I don't uh, even know what a remix is, but that's well, okay. you know, yeah, just uh, you mix it again, but a little different. Yeah, uh, maybe uh, a little yeah. a baseline or something. We'll talk about that. Yeah, we'll, yeah. We'll, okay. We'll, okay. You know when you know as we get into the new the new era, right? Yeah, yeah. We got to attract these Gen X people, Mike. You know, uh, and they you know they might something need something with a little or maybe some. All right. Some, sure. I don't know. What do people listen to, Tim? You're younger than I am. I don't know. Not by much. All right. <laughs> no, I th- actually, wait, I think I'm older than you. Oh, really? Yeah. All right. Well, you, you age better than I do. Well, thank you. You're I welcome. Try. You're welcome. I'd agree with that, too. Yeah. Okay. Oh, thank, you. thank you, Mike. <laughs> aye, aye, aye. You walked into that one. Aye, aye, aye. <laughs> um, all right. So we're talking about uh, bear markets uh, and... Well, what to? We haven't really. We haven't talked. I mean, yes, we've hit on some things about things to do and yep. not do. Yeah, uh, we're, we're working around there in kind of a fun way. Yes. yes. Okay. Uh, so wait a minute. So these twenty-three the suppression. Yeah. Can we talk about a few more of those? Sure. You got some other place you want to go? We've only done one, right? Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah whatever. By the way, the first one was. What's the name of the article? In case somebody's just joining us. Yeah. What's it called? Well, it's or tw- it's, twenty-three biggest ways to recession-proof your retirement. And, for, and that's from who? Uh, so the it's. Uh, Go banking rates okay. is must, the website. Must be must be true. That's not. It? We have no endorsement whatsoever. Yeah. It was just okay. uh, something to sure. something to to use. Okay. And the first one was don't panic, right? Right. So brilliant, that's, brilliant. Br- br- that's right. <laughs> uh, all right. So number two, I think, is a very good one because this is one that I had on my list anyway. You know, and this is, and I'll, I'll give kind of my 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 take first before I read their their article. Okay. And you know. Sometimes you know I speak with somebody, and you know if they're still if they're still of the, the the you know the age or the circumstance where they're contributing to their retirement account, right? You know, so they're still accumulators, they're, yeah, accumulators, yes. still, still working, uh, still contributing, and you know they're watching, you know, so they're adding money to their you know let's say four hundred one k for example, mm-hmm. but they get their statement and it says, well, you know, you started here, you put in some money. And you ended up in a lower place. Mm. And they look at that and they say, "Well, what's the point in doing that? Uh-huh. You know, they, you know, wh- why would I do that? Why would I, why would I keep putting money in here if it's 
going down. Mm. Um, if it went down forever, that would be a good strategy. Good, uh, good point. Right. right. Yeah. Um, and you know, one of you know, one of the phrases you know, I guess that you hear is you know, throwing good money after bad. Ah, right. Okay. You know, yeah. You know, something yeah. that might you know, somebody. Sure. You know, why would I? Why would I continue down this path? Yeah. Uh, if it's if it's a fruitless you know effort. Um, and so, all right. So if I go back to the the article here. You know, so there, uh, there, you know, this little paragraph is, you know, continue contributing to your retirement accounts, right? So that's something you should do. Uh, so and don't in, stop. Yes, don't stop, okay. you know, in the midst of a recession slash bear market, right? Um, all right, so the article says, if the markets are down as your retirement draws near, or, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to edit that and say at any point, you know, if you're, if you're working and, okay. um, and you're contributing. Uh, but the, going back to the article, it says, you might be tempted to stop contributing to your 401k or IRA. Don't act so impulsively. All right? So commentary, totally, yes. Yeah. We totally agree. Got it. All right, back to the article. You can, uh, let's see. Uh, actually, part of this I might want to skip. Um, all right. Back to the quote. This is the time to be buying. When the market is very low, to be in a good position to grow that portfolio when the recession wanes, right? So, because if you think, yeah, if you think about that, right? So, okay, the market's doing well. Your portfolio, you know, your 401k, in, in our example, is growing. Yep. You know, and you're, oh, yeah, it's getting bigger each month. Um, you know, that feels great. And then when the market comes down. When we mark down our prices. That's right. So. The only time that people run away screaming from a sale, right, is when the market comes down. You know, screaming. We could go lower. Well, okay. If Tim was there, maybe he could scream for me. But, It'll get uh, cheaper. Right? Yeah, people yeah. run away. Yeah. You know, I don't. I don't want. You know, I don't want to keep putting in here and watching it go down. But if you have the faith that the markets will recover. That's the biggest thing. Right? If you have the faith. Yeah. Um, you know, we could talk about if you have the time or not. But if you have the faith that the markets are going to recover, then adding money at that point in time is better than it was, yeah. you know, a month or two or three ago. You should be excited. Because you're buying more shares, uh, which, so, so when, when the markets do recover, you know, you, you'll, you know, you're going to be even in a better position than you were uh, yeah. previously. Yeah, when they go higher, you should be a little unhappy because it's costing you more to buy the new ones. So when you're, <laughs> yeah, so if, if you're in the, if you're in the <clears throat> accumulation phase, please, oh, please, don't stop contributing uh, because yeah. the markets are temporarily down. Yep. And and to add, you know, and, and one other point to add is that if if uh, if you're in a position where your employer is matching your contributions, and and you stop your contributions altogether, and you're giving up that match, yeah. you know, you're just you're compounding things even you know even yeah. worse. Um, By the way, is there one on there that says, and besides doing this, make sure you don't change your contributions to cash, or, uh, or, or what? No, but nope. no, it, no, it doesn't get to that. But that's a great point. Um, <laughs> Keep doing what you're doing. Yeah. Stick D with the plan. You can contribute, but don't start saying, "Well, I'll contribute to cash, and that'll be okay." No, no, folks. Keep, keep buying. Keep, you know, keep, you know, if you're, yeah, keep buying the same things that you were buying, yep. because the plan, the plan has not changed and just because the markets have changed. And they're on sale now. They're and on and sale. It's, uh, it's so simple, but it's hard to get your. It's hard to get comfortable with that. I understand. I understand. Um, okay. Diversify your assets. Let me write that down. All right. Yeah. All right. Uh, the point of diversifying your assets 
according to Adrian Ross, CFP, Certified Financial Planner, founder of Clear Insight Financial Planning, LLC, is both to spread out risk for investments that perform poorly and to capture the upside of investments that do well. Mm. All right. Uh, so obviously agree with that. Um, you know, having diversified assets hopefully means that during a bear market, not everything's going down at the same rate uh, or perhaps even going down at all, uh, depending on what you have. Many eggs, many baskets. Many eggs, many baskets. Um, <laughs> and yeah, so that's, you know, that's hopefully something you've done, you already did, uh, you know, prior to, prior to this. Uh, and, and, and I think most people know that. But it never hurts well, to repeat it, it. It, it. They know it in their brain, but sometimes the heart gets in the way too. You know? And and I guess you know one other point. You ha- just like we said, you have to stick with that, right? Yes. Don't yeah. because because something is going down, we don't we don't undiversify, right? Yeah. We, st- we stick with it. Uh, you stick with it because you know we know historically that that it will recover. Yeah, and, and it's uh, it's funny, but. So, you know, if you have 10 different investments in your portfolio and it's pretty well diversified, there's a pretty good chance at any given time you could look at two or three of them and say, why do I own those suckers? They're down or they're doing poorly. Or there's a pretty good chance you could look at two or three of them and say, can I buy some more of these because they're doing swell? And that's that's like just an absolutely perfectly normal reaction. But financially speaking, that's not a good one. You want to buy some more of the stuff after it went up and you want to sell some more of the stuff after they went down. Just think about that, folks. Just think about that for a moment. All right. Um, Did they get to the rebalance thing in there? Because that's a good time to bring that a in. A rebalance? Well, yeah, we could just, we could, I don't know if they have that. But well, we they should, should have it in we there. We could talk about that. Yeah. Sure. If they have diversification, they should have a rebalance thingy in there. Uh, I don't see that well, specifically. Well, please, please take us to school on it. I'll write, I'll write a letter to this Go is, Banking yeah, Rates. Seriously, it should be 24. Yes, love. Not 23. Love Kirk and Mike. Yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, all right, so, okay, rebalancing. Yes, all right, so we talked about, yeah. all right. So If you, you did, say you're a radio show host, they might pay attention to you. you okay. Know, when, you did the, when you wrote the letter. Yeah. Okay. But yeah. I haven't, we didn't say anything that negative. Well, let's, let's hop on that right now. All right. Okay. So, all right, we talked about diversifying. Yep. All right, so, okay, so let's say you have, uh, let's say you have five different investment flavors, you know, just as an a easy example. How many stocks, how many bonds? Just a, a uh, 60-40. All right. So three, three stock investments, two bond investments. Okay. okay. Sure. Okay. So something simple. Yep. yep. And you could do just two. Okay, fine. Okay. Let's do that. One stock, one bond. Yeah, let's do that. So that's, okay. and that's an example that we, we often use. So let's do go. that. All right. Okay. So let's say you're, we don't want to get too confusing here. Let's say you're a 60-40. You know, we have, and we have this example we go through with everybody. So, <laughs> all right. So you, you have 60% stocks, 40% bonds. And, you know, so let's say, well, in this example. You're getting excited, Kirk. Well, I can see that. <laughs> we have to make up an example because in the world right now, things are, you know, stocks and bonds are both down. That's right. All right. But that's not always that's the case. That's why they call it an example. That's right. Okay. All right. Yeah. So in our example. Uh, let's say this, you know, the stocks go up, right? Yeah. Uh, all right. So, so let's say now you've got 70% stocks and 30% bonds. Oh, goody. All right. And which over time, that's typically what happens, yeah. right? The stocks will outpace the, the bonds typically yep. over, over time. And so, so what do you, you know, what do you do about that? And we all, we always, po- <laughs> we pose, we pose this to, you know, to, to yeah. potential clients and say, what would you like to do about this? Mm. You know, you can buy some more stocks. Mm-hmm. Because wow, you know they've been doing really well. Should we buy some more? Uh, or 
should we buy some more bonds, you know, try to get it back to, you know, the original strategy, or do we just kind of leave it alone and let it do it, do its thing? All right. So, you know, our, you know, our recommendation would be to rebalance, right? So we're going to sell a piece of those stocks that have gone up in value and we're going to put that money back into the bonds. And so by doing that, you know, you're taking, you're taking some profits, right? You're selling high and buying low. And, and you didn't buy a 70-30, folks. You bought a 60-40. So it's putting back to what your expectation for return and risks were. As, you, you, you stepped outside of your profile if you, if you accept that, folks. That's right. Okay. A 70-30 has a different risk profile mm-hmm. than a 60-40. And so we're going to go back to the 60-40 because that's what you... That's what we agreed on. Yeah, uh, and in doing so, we're gonna we're gonna take some profits and put it into something that's either temporarily down, or, or in this case, you know, well, in general, bonds are more yeah. stable, right? So we're yeah. you know we're, we're shifting the money over. Folks, this is how you make money long term on a diversified portfolio. You have to rebalance to make them work. That, that's where we make our money: rebalancing for folks and keeping that on a regular basis. Besides giving great advice, but that's where we make our money: showing that to folks, and that's just so important. So I think you know for you know for somebody that's you know listening mm. and has you know let's say a four hundred one k, let's say that's the bulk of their investments, yep. you know, and if. And if the you know things are down and you're nervous, I would well hopefully you had a strategy to begin with, right? As yeah. far as you yeah. know, this this fund should be X percent, et yep. cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And you know, so take a look and see where they are relative to what your targets were. Yep. And if they're and if they're out of whack uh, by a significant margin, that would be that would probably be a good the good thing to do, right? Rebalance yeah. it to get back to where you're supposed to be. And but don't don't change your strategy just because the markets are down, uh, but take a look at, at rebalancing. And, and the cool thing about rebalancing is it's a lot easier to make a decision about what happened going backwards than to make a guess about what's going to happen. going. So, so you're reacting to what the markets gave you. If stocks went up some, trim it back. That's They gave you some profits mm-hmm. there. If bonds went down some, take that money and buy them. You're going to get, you know, you're buying them less expensive. So, so it, 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 we're not talking about rocket science. We're talking about looking backwards and saying, oh, so we're going to fix this. This, this happened. Let's take, let's take advantage of whatever's going on in our portfolio and noodle with it a little bit to get it back to where it was. And by default, you're selling some stuff after that went up and buying some stuff probably after it went down and didn't do so well. You, you get paid for that sooner or later. You, it, do, you really do. It, um, yeah, ab- absolutely. Um, I think, yeah, tr- making making changes based on what you think is going to happen <laughs> versus what did is, <laughs> I mean, and we'll, yeah. be, and we'll be the first ones to tell you that yeah. we don't know the yeah. future. Yeah. Uh, you know, we're going to make our plan based on, you know, a long period of time and we're going to stick with the plan and, and we're going to rebalance and that's, that's the strategy. Yep. Uh, not not making changes based on what the markets, you know, not changing things based on what we think is going to happen. Uh, all right. So let's see what else on here. Um, so they talk about you know using a a bucketing approach, which right. is maybe a little bit different from the way we do it. Okay. But, but we could. But let's talk about that. Sure. Um, so you know, if we're if you're at the stage in life where you're taking money from your portfolio. Or De- decumulation, as we professionals decumulation, like to or perhaps you're getting close to that that stage. You know, maybe a year out, yep. uh, plus or minus. Um, you know, we would certainly. You know, our our strategy is that we would have 
some, you know, cash or something similar to cash, you know, very low risk or no risk uh, that you can have enough dry powder, as you like to call it, uh, to draw off of for some period of time that we don't have to sell any of the investments. And so because, you know, these downturns are inevitable. They're gonna, and they're going to continue well into retirement. So even just because you retire doesn't mean that the markets are going to be, <laughs> they're going to continue to be volatile. Mm. Um, you know, hopefully your strategy is appropriate based on that. And, and you have the resources to wait it out. And you have, yes. That basically, you, you want to have the resources to wait for it to get over and not have to change anything in your life. Right. That, that should hopefully buy folks a, a lot of emotional comfort. Mm-hmm. So, you know, making sure that your, you know, strategy is appropriate based on your age and, you know, circumstance, mm-hmm. but then also having some cash, uh, you know, equivalent to, well, I mean, in the time frame is, you know, that's up for debate, I guess. Um, but you know, if you we talked about the, the length of bear markets, right, yeah. and and yeah. recessions and things like that, I mean, they're somewhere in the you know year to two year range on, on, on yeah. average. Depending on how far you go back, I think it, the if you went back to, to the nineteen fifties, it was like eleven months, twelve months, thirteen months. But figure a year and a half, maybe yeah. two years. Yeah. Go, go, okay. Sure. So if so if you've got cash or something equivalent that you can ride out for that length of time, then then you're basically giving your investments breathing room to, 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 to ride the ups and the downs. Or said differently, you ought to have that before you start investing so that you can invest and not have to mess with your money at the wrong time if you need something, sort of a thing. So, you know, you, you know having that cash for emergencies is one pot and having a pot of cash for income is another pot. But if you have both of those, if you're, if you're not retired, if you have the emergency pot, they say that means you don't have to go touch your money if you have an emergency. Well, that's, by the way, there's a pretty good chance that if you had to go touch your money, it would be at a, at a bad time to do that, yeah. right? Because yeah. Murphy's Law would apply there. Sort yeah. Of thing. So, yeah, um, you, you can plan and prepare. You can't know. Okay. All right. Let's see what else is on what here. Else? I like this list so far. All right. Any other good ones there? Uh, you know, so there's one on here that this, well, this is something that, that you might not. Well, you can you can you can give me your uh, hey, feedback on this. Other other people but in the world could be right, but I think it's kind of interesting. <laughs> okay. Uh, so this one this one says, consider a Roth conversion. Okay. So let me let me let me read what they say. I'm okay um, with that for certain people. Sure. All right. Yeah. If you think the stock market will have a chance to rebound before you want to retire, you might consider converting a traditional IRA to a Roth IRA said financial advisor Travis Cook, president and CEO of Convergence Financial. The ideal time to fund a Roth IRA is when the market is low. And by converting to a Roth IRA, you can convert a greater number of your investment shares due to the market decline. Even though converting your traditional IRA to a Roth IRA means you'll have to pay some taxes now, you'll be paying fewer taxes than you would down the road when your investments were up because the current value of your portfolio is probably lower. I think, you know, I think that that, you know... It, I'm okay it, with the it, concept. Yeah, sure. it, it depends on the circumstance. And obviously this isn't going to... Doesn't work for everybody. It doesn't work for everybody. Yeah. And it's not going to necessarily, uh, you know, defeat the bear, yeah. uh, so to speak. But yeah. but this is a, it's a very interesting concept yeah. uh, for folks that have that possibility, you know, that, you know, if you don't need the money, yeah. um, you know, to convert when things are lower... And then, and then catch, you know, catch the upside when it's going to be tax-free, you know, down the road. 
I think that's got some that's got some legs yeah. Uh, potentially. Yeah, and by the way, that's income tax. So just just to go to the other side of that. If you're in the 39% federal tax bracket right now and pay taxes at 39%, and then when you retire, if you're in the 10% bracket, that wasn't a good thing. Right. Okay, that wasn't a good thing by by far, given right. the circumstances. So it depends, folks, that's all. It, and it, you know, and, and it, it might make more sense for somebody that maybe has a longer time frame, mm-hmm. right, to let those dollars yeah. grow and compound even more. Yeah. Um, so that's a bigger a bigger pot of money yep. uh, the longer you have. Yeah, but... but you know, it's, it, that strategy, I, I'm perfectly fine with that strategy. I'm going to guess 5% of America would qualify to make that, for that makes sense. That's my, or maybe a lot of millennials who don't know about the future and their tax. You know, if you're in a low tax bracket to begin with, yep. just getting started in life, Roth's a great idea because you're not, not paying that much in taxes to save, et cetera, et cetera. So, but it, you know, any piece of advice you see any place, it kind of depends and it might be perfect for some people and terrible for others. That's all. Yep. Uh, all right. So we're, we're almost about ready to take a break. Uh, we've been talking about bear markets, uh, how to perhaps, you know, what, what to do and not to do uh, during bear markets uh, and also recessions, which uh, don't always necessarily coincide with bear markets. But that is certainly something that's been in the news about the, the fear of a recession. And I think that's part of what's uh, part of what's, you know, sort of driving the markets these days is, is the fear of what may come down the road. Uh, it's, so not, it's the big part. It's the big part. Uh, all right. So you're listening to uh, McNamara Money. Uh, my name is Kirk Reed. Uh, I'm also joined today by Mike McNamara. Uh, We're going to take a break and we'll be back in just a minute or two. This is Mike McNamara. If you're looking for a financial advisor, start by asking him or her three questions. Number one, are you a certified financial planner practitioner? Number two, are you legally held to a fiduciary standard of care for your clients? And number three, do you only give financial advice and not sell investment products? These are all simple yes-no questions. If he or she doesn't answer yes quickly and starts talking, that's a no, and it's time to move on to another advisor. All right, we're back. You're listening to McNamara on Money, the South Shore's very own financial talk radio show. Uh, my name is Kirk Reed, uh, joined by Mike McNamara. Uh, we've been talking about uh, bear markets uh, and you know some history, uh, kind of what's going on today, and you know some some do's and don'ts. Uh, and I think uh, you know Mike has a little, well, some either uh, some summary uh, and also maybe some additional things to do. Uh, when you're when you're facing the bear, <laughs> Tim. Uh, okay. Yes. <laughs> oh dear. This is small time radio. <laughs> yeah, that's right. It, that's amazing, Tim. Thank, right. you. Thank you. Thank you. So, in my typically glib uh, fashion, I'm going to time this. I'm going to do a three minute summary. Okay. Of what you need to do to get through a bear market. Okay, three minutes. Okay, and then I'm done. Ready? Oh, I'm going to push the button. I got, oh, my, okay. I got my stop. You're doing your own right timing. Here. Well, how yeah. do I know that you're actually? You know. Oh, well, I can, I can show you here, no, right here. It's right, it's right there. That's okay. Fine. That's fine. Uh, and then I'm done. Okay, uh, and I won't get into any of these in any great detail because I can't. But these are the biggies, folks. Okay, and I just just want to go. So so. Where we go after this, I don't care, but I'll feel good after three minutes. Okay, here we go. Boom. Okay. Things you need to understand. First of all, you have to have faith 
that the world's going to be okay again and we're going to fix everything and get back to normal, although it's not without pain, anguish, and excitement. You have to understand that you own a bunch of companies in your portfolio, not stocks, and it's a lot less scary to own 500 companies that probably will be in business next week, okay, than it is uh, thinking about where the stock prices are. And you need to understand and accept that bear markets are normal parts of the world because we're not smart enough to live in a perfect world. That's 33 seconds, by the way, I might point out. Okay, things you need to do, okay, and this is these are pretty much, I think, in order. You need to talk with your financial advisor if you have one, okay, uh, and, and uh, just do whatever you need to do to understand and feel what you got to feel, okay? Uh, you need to look at your life versus your money. You may be miserable about the world going on, but, it, you know, how has it affected your life and your lifestyle? And hopefully for most listening, not much. Okay, the way that you protect yourself against a bear market is to have lots of cash. We've talked about that. Okay, or lots of income. Okay, uh, in place, guaranteed. If you if you're retired, uh, that allows you to wait through it and get it over with. If you know that you have enough resources to probably outlast a bear market. That should provide you some comfort, okay? Okay, rebalance. We just did a crash course on that. If you don't rebalance, bad things happen over the long run, and that's how you make your money. Okay, stay the course. By the way, that's stay the course if you already had a good plan and a diversified portfolio or to doing the right things, okay? Continue with your monthly contributions in the same stuff that you were buying, okay? Don't go to cash and get cute, okay? And here are some important ones. Don't talk with family or friends about your money and don't listen to them, okay? Uh, don't listen or read or watch the media. They all want to be your financial advisor and or scare the hell out of you so that you can open up tomorrow's news and get scared some more, I guess. Okay, uh, and then don't look at your statements, okay? <laughs> Seriously, if you don't want don't don't do that. Okay, uh, and then one that's not on the list Think percentages, not dollars. Mm. I had some clients in the other day. They were temporarily down $500,000. And I laughed at, I looked at him and laughed at him and said, when you were in high school, did you ever think that you'd be having a meeting where you say you were, te- you were temporarily down $500,000, which got a good chuckle. Okay, think percentages, folks, not dollars. If that $500,000 is 80% of your net worth, you're in trouble. If it's 5%, you can laugh about it. Okay, uh, and then last of all, Ask yourself for your cutout to be an investor, okay? Uh, investing takes a certain amount of brain power, brain work, and needs to be not emotional, and you can't let emotions get the best of you. Done. <laughs> okay, I'm done. That was wonderful. I can leave. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, I love, no, I love the, uh, you know, I love the percentage conversation. Uh, I think that that does quell a lot of fears. Yeah, I, 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 uh, how many people, and you think about it, this is a real conversation I had the week, okay, we're down five. I show you, yeah, you're down $500,000 a share. But by the way, when you're, when you're in high school earning a dollar twelve an hour, did you ever think that you'd have a problem above being down $500,000 in your portfolio? You know, you got to put that in perspective, right? Yeah. <laughs> it, and well, and I, I think part of the issue is that, you know, when, when they get their statements, yeah. is if they are looking at the statements, <laughs> yeah. It doesn't. It doesn't give you any perspective whatsoever. No. You know, the statement shows you what it did. You know, that month, and maybe and, and maybe year to date. I have trouble reading the statements. Yeah. I understand. Yeah. yeah. And and it's all dollars, yeah. right? It's all dollars. Yeah. They they put all the and that's just you know that's the way they're designed. Yeah. Um, but 
I think that's that's a much more emotional yeah. thing than the percentages. Yeah. And they don't put that on there. Nope. And nope. not only that, but like I said, you only see a small period of time yep. on, on a statement. Yeah. Um, and so, okay, so if that person's down, whatever. Yeah. And then you say, okay, well, you know, so what did you earn last year? Yeah. And if it was, you know... Yeah. And by the way, I went back with those folks to their three-year returns over 6% a year through that day. Yeah. Oh. So what time frame did you want to count about being temporarily down in value sort of a thing? That's just the way it is. And, you know, and so, you know, what do you do do about that, if anything, right? Well, I mean, we talked about that. Um, You know, you stay, you stick with the plan, right? And and, and, and provide perspective. Uh, The, The thing that's always bothered me, and I understand... You know, but, but, you know, folks are required by the SEC and by law to have a statement pretty much every month. How on earth do you teach somebody to be a long-term investor in companies to give them the time to grow if you have to look at a statement every month about what they're worth? How, how that is counter, I'm not saying ignore your finances sure. once a year if you want to do that, but to, to every month get smacked in the face, okay, about how that works, uh, it just, it just mind-blowing when I think about that, you know? You know, fo- folks come in and will say, well, I'm, you know, I'm down this much money. Well, ha- have your statements gone up every month since the time we've known you, or has that happened once in a while before, you know? Yeah. <laughs> and the answer is it happens all the time, right? Uh, That's right. So back yeah. back to point number one. Yeah. Point number one, talk to your advisor, yeah. Yeah. because they can hopefully provide that yeah. a perspective. A little perspective. Perspective yeah. and yeah. the long-term yeah. numbers, yeah. Yeah. Uh, which, I mean, that's... That's that's the name of the game is, yep. is the long term numbers, the short term stuff doesn't really matter. Uh, I you know I, as 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 hard as you know that might be. But to, yeah. you, you get assaulted with that. You, you just abs- from a sensory point of view, you get absolutely assaulted, and it's it's. I'm I'm not happy either looking at the world, folks. I want to be really clear about that. You know, holy cow. So you know one another another little article I had here. Um, let's see. So this is from Forbes. Uh, and let's see. So this is recent. This is from, it was May 25th of 2022. Alrighty. And, you know, so the, the, the title is Beyond the Headlines, How to Keep Clients from Making Decisions Based on Sensational Content. So this is addressed towards advisors. Is that correct? Or how does that work? Uh, y- yes. Yeah, I guess so. Yes. Yeah, okay. Yeah, all yes. right. Okay, um, all right. But because, to you know, to me, you know, we've talked about this today. Yeah. That's one of the biggest Detriments yeah. to, to somebody's yeah. plan, financial plan, gets in the way. is reading the news. Yeah, gets in the way. And you know they're not, you know, and as you said, they're trying to, you know, <laughs> I don't know if they're trying to be your financial yeah, advisor, yes they are. but they're trying to sell something. Yeah. I, you know, what you know, if it's more newspapers yeah. or or if it's investment, yeah. you know, you know, quote unquote safe investment. I don't yeah. know. You know, they're trying to sell you something, yeah. Yeah. Um, but they're not trying to. They're not trying to help you. Um, is is my thought? Yeah. Um, so okay, let me let me read about. I'm, I'm going to read some of this. Um, all right, so this is quoting from the uh, from the thing. It isn't misinformation that I'm concerned about. It is the sensationalism around the ramifications of the events, the fear mongering. Yeah, <laughs> I like that. There you go. That induces panic, that influences people to push buttons or make knee jerk decisions with their investments. It is what sells books makes influencers money and keeps the market churning. There you go. It is self-induced by the finance industry and it is what prevents professional financial managers from doing what they do best. There you go. 
Better to be a fishmonger than a fearmonger. <laughs> That's what I think. <laughs> okay. Uh, the sensationalism starts with headlines. Headline writers are tasked with finding the most sensational subject-slash-verb combination in the shortest number of words that will draw in the reader. Uh, However, one survey shows that six out of ten respondents only read the headlines. Ah, that's interesting. Okay. I, by the way, I do that. You're right. I, I, I mean, when I look at the news, I scan and I'll stop once in a while and read. But you're, that's, that's interesting. That's really interesting. Okay. So, I, you know, I wanted to... Um, I thought of, you know, a couple of... Actually, so here... Okay, so so here's what this person is recommending. So he says, this is what I tell, what he tells his clients, this person that wrote the article. Okay. Um, well, it wasn't Mr. Forbes that wrote the article. It was not Mr. Forbes. Okay. Uh, let's see. This was Tolan Teagan. Okay. Uh, Chief Investment Officer of FinDeck. All right. All right. So basically, he... he Must you know, be smart. He's giving three, <laughs> three things. All right. Number one. Look at the source of the information and determine what has changed. Explore multiple sources and viewpoints. Is there more to this than what's being reported in the headlines like, or sound bites? Like be open-minded? Mm. Well, I mean, and, get all, and get all the information. Let me make a note of that. <laughs> okay, yeah, yeah, cool. What has changed <laughs> with this stock or commodity <laughs> since yesterday, last week, last month, or last year? All right, so get all yeah, the information. Yeah, yeah, no, that's yeah. number one. Get all the information. And be open-minded. Right. Okay, cool. Uh, number two, decide if this short-term event will have an impact on your long-term investment strategy. Ah. The short-term event may be factual, but how widespread and severe are its ramifications? Mm. There will always be shifts in the market. Staying the course is typically the safest strategy because, as history reveals, the market will always balance out in the long term. There you go. All right. There you go. And lastly, number three, power down. Turn off your electronics. Step away from the dramatic headlines and clickbait. 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 I like that. I, we're, we're, that. There's a phrase you never heard yeah. on the word, right? That's okay. so easily appeal to our emotions. You, you know, uh, uh, yeah. I, I just as you were saying, I was just thinking, so, so if you're a news outlet... You're concerned about getting advertising, mm -hmm. okay, and you, you're concerned about getting customers who are, so, so they cater to their customers, okay, by doing all kinds of things to get people to watch, and, and, and fear, fear mongering is amongst the, the, the most interesting, and that's, that, that's just how it is, I just, mm -hmm. it, it works, okay, uh, in, in, uh, in our business, we don't have customers, we have clients, okay, and, and a client, uh, a definition of a client is one who takes the advice of another. Okay, uh, and so, so th there's a difference between being a customer and a client. Okay, uh, and, and there's a difference in how the news looks at customers, and there's a difference in how we look at clients in terms of how that works. I just think that's an interesting distinction. Okay, you know, I, I, every once in a while I'll read about financial advisors who cater to the to the uh, needs or feelings of their clients and you, you know that that's not that's not you know you know you, you take information you gather information you try to make the best recommendations possible for that particular client but 
if a client doesn't take your advice, then have a nice one. They're not a client and you know, move on sort of a thing. So you get, you know, in our, it's pretty nice in our business. You know who your clients are. We, we don't have customers. We have clients. News folks have customers. And, mm. and the difference is mm. you got to do stuff to attract them or, or be nice to them. And I, I guess the fear mongering works because people, the ratings are great, right? Or something like that. I don't know. The, you know, I tried, I tried to do some poking around and I, I came up a kind of empty, um, trying to find you know historical, sensational type headlines. I, I did the same thing, and I, it's tough we, to find. Yeah, you, you couldn't. Yeah, you couldn't be laid out about all the stupidity that's happened over the years. Right. right. Yeah. Okay. You know, because like you know, when, yeah. like when the you know when the when there's the political debates, you know, yeah. they always pull yeah. up you know past things that yeah. people have said that yeah. you know turned out completely wrong, yeah. And, yeah. and I was trying to find stuff like that. Yeah. Um, you can find one or two here or there, but yeah. not a list of them. By so, the way, yeah. Google death of equities. Okay. You just see what see what pops up there. Uh, you get a Time Magazine picture there? Uh, yeah? I got a Bloomberg. Uh, let's see. A, a very long time ago, I think it was in the 74, 73, 74 market crisis. Maybe it was after that. A Time Magazine had a photo cover, and it said, the death of equities. Yeah. Which is right at the bottom of a market, and the world got better afterwards. Sort of yeah. Okay. yeah. <laughs> but you're right. Yeah, yeah. You wouldn't, wouldn't it be great to send off to our clients a list of all the headlines and the, when they were made and what really happened after the fact sort of thing? Yeah. And not that, you know, not Ma- that Maybe the yeah. media is preventing us from I doing think that. They're, maybe the internet they're folks. They're blocking it. They're, they're blocking, blocking yeah. that yeah. conspiracy. I'm serious. Think about this. Let's go. Let's it's not, Mike, not a, yeah. was it time or business week? The, maybe it was business week. Okay, because I think... Yeah, you got them? Okay. Uh, yes. Yeah. Oh, okay, what, does it say death of equities on the cover? Yes, it does. Yeah. How inflation is destroying the stock market. Thank you. And what year was that? Um, that... It, um, 73, 74? 75, August 12th, they're, they're, 1975. Virtually the bottom. <laughs> sort yeah. of a thing. And, and there you go. But, but yeah, it's, th- that's it. I'm gonna, we should look into that. I think that's an internet conspiracy to not allow financial advisors to pull up all the stupid headlines <laughs> well, okay, that were absolutely wrong, this okay, one, that everybody believed when the time was there. I think this one, well, the, one that, the first one that pops up here is Bloomberg. I don't there know if go. that's what Tim saw, yeah. but it says, okay. you know, it was on August 13th, 1979, the headline on the cover was the death of equities. There you go. How inflation is, yeah. This, yeah You're right, was, but what I did yeah. is I clicked over to the images. Yeah. Oh, okay. 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 Well, I got a news flash for you. They didn't die, folks. Okay. In fact, they flourished since 1979, and in your lifetime, they flourished. Uh, all of your lifetime. Unless so, you're 11. You know, so what I, what I was going to ask you, so yeah. a couple, you know, I was trying to think back just in my recollection, yeah. uh, you know, things that were very hot and popular in the news as yeah. far as, you know, events that were going to cause all this yeah. turmoil. In, in, and, in your tenure yes. in the business, right? So yeah. I, and I was yeah. going to ask you, you know, no, what, your, what your recollections yeah. were as far as, you know, the time that was spent addressing these concerns yeah. in, in meetings yeah. and, and then the fact that nothing really happened yeah. as a result. So, yeah. uh, so number one that came to my mind was uh, Brexit. Yeah. yeah. Uh, do you remember? I mean, it was... In all the news, right? Yeah. Uh, you know, uh, England's leaving. You know, the European Union, and it's going to cause all this, all these issues, yeah. and and that, those were the headlines. Yeah. yeah. 
But then when you dig deeper, as you know, we just talked about yeah. in the other article, it's like, well, you know, what what's the GDP of yeah. you know of England yeah. and, and Great Britain? Oh, Twelve. It was <laughs> compared to uh, the world. And, right? how, yeah. and now yeah. and now and now, how many years are we past? Yeah. You know that. And, and I know. And yeah. I think you know it's you know so the hist- you know so they took him a while to actually do it. But yeah. I mean, I think that's yeah. all happened now. Yeah. And yeah. and now it's it well, was a non yeah. it was a non event, yeah. right? Yeah. yeah. Here's another one. What yeah. was the Y two K? Okay. Okay, that was in your lifetime. Yeah, sure. yeah, yes. the, the, because we can't find double zeros in the internet, the mm-hmm. world's going to come to an absolute end. Okay, and and God knows how much time and money aggravation was spent on the Y two K, and what happened? Like, I don't think anything. I, 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 don't, I, I don't remember much. <laughs> sort of a thing. So, yeah, it's a conspiracy. I'm going to check into that. All we, right. All so right. I, I had okay. a, I had another one right. that, yep. that, that, that you know came <laughs> well, to mind pretty pretty easily. Okay, and that was. You know the whole the whole issue with Greece, ah and, yes, and their debt issues. Yeah, yeah. Do you remember that? Yeah. I mean, yeah. I remember spending yeah. countless meetings, you know, sitting in with you and 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 people asking you about and Greece. Every, right? Everybody was asking about that because that because that's what was in the news. Yes, yeah, yeah. Uh, and and Greece is a financial basket case, or okay, or yeah. was maybe. Hopefully, it's getting better. But wow. but yeah, but you're right. It, it's population and its gender, gross domestic product yeah. is like what? Even uh, smaller than Britain. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I yeah. mean, in, in, in the world's global economy, and I'm not being casual, how much does it matter if you're talking financially? And the answer is nothing. But, mm. oh, it's good to worry about it because yeah. it makes great, great news. I mean, they were absolutely a basket case, right? I mean, and people, they were showing people who are suffering and clo- it's awful, okay, and I'm not making light of it, but... We made too much light of it, you know. I mean, too too much. Mm-hmm. We took it way too seriously. That's yeah. that, that, and, and that's that's what happens. Yeah, Greece was a good one. Yeah, that's a real good one. A that one was that. around. Yeah. For, you yeah. know, and you yeah. know, people were very concerned yeah. about. You know, what is that going to do? Uh, you know, to, I mean, yeah. dare we talk about who's president? Oh, uh, uh, okay. D- sure. I mean, you know, there 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 was a certain president that that so uh, <laughs> now is in uh, dis- dishonor and whatever. But uh, that's a great example. Yeah. Every, every yeah. four years, how many conversations? Have, every did four you years, have we have. Those conversations, right? There, there, there you go. Okay, and what has it mattered long term? Does it matter short term? Maybe yeah. for a month or two or six months or yeah. maybe a year. Yeah. But what what has it mattered long term? The answer is not much, unless you go back to Lyndon Johnson and some of the social programs that were done back way in the '60s, like Social Security mm. and Medicare. But you know, so, so yeah, you're right. Things get overblown, okay, uh, and and beat to death. Yeah. And 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 you know thoughts and get, and we're not and making light or what, of what's going on in the world, folks. I want to be clear, but the fact is, what's going on and how they affect your finances are two different issues, and how they affect your life is a third mm-hmm. different issue. That that's where we're going with that, folks. Okay, we, we're not, we're not laughing about what's going on in the world. But we think that there are people who significantly overreact to it in terms of making some financial decisions. That's it's all. it's a wonderful thing to you know to be educated and to you know know what's going on in the world, right? That's great. Yeah. But don't let it affect your thoughts on on your finances. Yeah, I I didn't enjoy putting two hundred gallons of diesel fuel in my boat last week. Okay, but you know what? It wasn't a problem for me, and it didn't affect my life. Okay, so and, and I hope there's a whole bunch of folks listening to this that can kind of say the same thing. Look at your life, folks. If it's changed dramatically, I'm sorry. Okay, we can't control that. But for a whole lot of folks who are listening to this show, there's a pretty good chance that what's going on in the world 
hasn't dramatically affected your life. Gasoline prices are starting. But, but, but you know, and by the way, who guaranteed anybody a perfect life? Who, you know, who, who said there wasn't supposed to be any pain or anguish or sacrifice in life? What, what, where is it written that's guaranteed you should be happy and not have aggravation in, in your life? I, 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 wish, I didn't find any. How about yourself? Uh, not yet. No, no, no not yet. Yeah, um, you know, I, I mentioned it's earlier. It's perspective. It, I, it, it is. Put it in perspective is, I guess, maybe the big theme in this show here. And that's so hard to do. The, um, you know, I mentioned earlier, I was spe- you know, speaking with a client last night and having, you know, you know, a nice, you know, candid conversation yeah. just about, about life yeah. in general. And, you know, he was saying, you know, if you, you know, you wake up in the morning and, and you win and you're and you're winning, right? Yeah. You know, um, <laughs> yeah. and you're horizontal, not vertical. Yeah, right. Okay. And oh, vertical, not horizontal. Yeah, yeah. and <laughs> that should and the, you know that should that should be where your priorities start, yeah. not not what the markets are well, doing. Yeah, today. yeah. How has it affected your life? Right. And if it's if it's bad, I'm sorry, uh, but for a lot of folks, it's probably not. You yeah. know, folks will probably listen to this show. I'm going to guess, but yeah. whatever. Yeah. Okay. Uh, all, all right, right. so we've we got, got about five minutes, yeah. plus or minus. Um, we're going to say a few smart things in the next few, few minutes. Yeah. All right, well. What do you got? Let's see. So we're talking about the articles. <laughs> yep. Well, let's see. I can go back to the, um, I go back to the 23 things, I suppose. Okay, like sure. A couple more. So this was 23 biggest ways to recession-proof your retirement. All right, so we talked about a couple. We talked about don't panic. Yeah. Continue contributing to your retirement accounts. Same stuff. Diversify your assets. Yep. All right. Well, this is okay. This is one we didn't talk about that I, I know you have a comment on. So, I'll, <laughs> so I'll read this one. Okay. Um, invest in real assets. All right. Okay. okay. So I'll read yep. what they say, yeah, yeah, and then yeah. I'll let you, yeah. uh, you know, give your 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 spin. Um, all right. So this was from GoBankingRates.com, uh, and it says, real assets include precious metals commodities, real estate, land, equipment, and natural resources. People nearing retirement should, quote-unquote, work their way into real assets over the next couple years Hmm. as they begin to go on sale, Hmm. said Phil Town, founder of Rule Number 1 Investing. Dennis Nochick, a certified financial planner for Stratus Wealth Advisors, suggested gold as an ideal real asset to invest in because at present, quote unquote, gold is doing well and will probably continue to do well, end quote. As Capital.com points out, gold is the, quote, king of safe havens, end quote, from recessions and other market turmoil. I I figure you have a comment or two on that. So what do you think I'm going to say, just out of curiosity? Well... I mean, I know what you're going to say. Well, what I think is that, you know, these assets, they, I, I will agree that they provide diversification, you know, versus, you know, some other things, yeah. you know, stocks and bonds. And, you know, they are, they are, it's a different, it's a different asset class. Yeah. Uh, so it is a diversifier. Um, the next thing is that they're not without volatility. You know, they, you know, these things can be just as volatile yep. As, yep. as, as you know, as stocks can be. Okay. Uh, so it's not that they're, there's no safety here per se, yep. but there is diversification. Okay. Uh, and then the other thing is, you know, gold and, you know, specifically can be quite volatile. Um, and, and I know, you know, I know you've made this point many times is that, you know, there's no, there's no yield, you know, there's no, there's no income um, from gold. Yeah. You know, whether you buy it, you know, 
physical gold and stick it in your safe, right? It's not, it's yeah. not, it's not sending you a yeah. check out of, out of your safe. Yeah. Um, or even if you invest in gold versus, you know, in a, in an ETF or, a, you know, what a mutual fund or whatever, there's no, yeah. there's no income. I'm going to come at it from a different way. Okay. okay. Uh, uh, my definition of an investment stolen by a whole bunch of smart people forever is that it either produces something of value or it has value that can be measured and agreed upon according to certain benchmarks. Okay. 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 All right. A a company, a stock, has value because it produces profits and money and people. So, So an investment... Okay, either produces things of value, like a company that produces profits and becomes more world worthwhile, or it has a value that can be agreed upon and measured. Okay, you know, how can we value gold? Well, if a whole bunch of people want to buy it, okay, then the price goes, I mean, because of jewelry and this, that, and the other thing. Okay, so I'm, I'm, I, gold could be an investment from that point of view, okay? Uh, but if, if you have a value that can't be sensibly measured, that's not an investment. You okay with that? Mm-hmm. I, I would put most, all cryptocurrencies in that category. Okay, uh, Bitcoin has a value because people think it's worth something, but there's no, what, what, what's the value other than people's opinions? Gold, you can wear it mm. if you want it. You can stick it in your ears on earrings if you want to do that. That has value because people desire it. Okay, but that's a real thing. Uh, so, so I'll just stick with. Okay, we we do investments. Okay, and those are the classic definitions. And anything that doesn't fit that definition, we're not interested in. Mm. That didn't mean you can't make money. Okay, I mean, uh, I, I guess art is another example of that. People would arts would people think of the worth. I, I, how do you measure that marketplace? I don't, I don't know. They didn't, did they mention that? That, that was not mentioned yeah. here, but I would, yeah. I would include that yeah. in, yeah. yeah. in quote-unquote yeah. real asset. Yeah. Investments. That's, in, uh, investments. You know, they produce things of value or can be reasonably valued by common sense, intelligent people based on certain metrics. All right, that was listen- way too technical for me to answer. That, uh, well, okay, no, you know, but I, yeah. I know. Yeah. yeah. Okay. All right. You've been listening to McNamara on Money. Uh, my name is Kirk Reed. I'm joined by Mike McNamara talking about bear markets today. Uh, if you're nervous, call your advisor. All right. Uh, we're uh, we're going to close out here today and uh, have a great weekend. And thank you for listening. Mm-hmm.